Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us at Simple Just Not Easy, the podcast from Simple Leadership Strategies. I'm T.D. Smyers, CEO at SLS. For more than 17 years, Simple Leadership Strategies has focused on creating leaders at every level in organizations, transforming managers into leaders, work groups into teams, employees into partners, and customers into advocates. A written version of today's podcast episode is available on our blog at simpleleadershipstrategies.com slash news. On to a new episode of Simple, Just Not Easy. Let's go. This episode of Simple, Just Not Easy has got kind of a funny origin. My colleague, Ryan Maney, who's a facilitator here at Simple Leadership Strategies, made a comment at one of our, at our last SLS team meeting about somebody being bad at being wrong. And I just thought that sounded like a good title. And uh, we thought about it a little bit, put our heads together, and came up with this, uh, this episode. So I hope you enjoy it. Being bad at being wrong. The world's most impactful leaders, those in service of good anyway, are servant leaders. Leaders who possess a high level of professional competence, coupled with admirable traits like transparency, openness, and humility. They're good at being good. On the other end of the spectrum lie bad bosses with different traits, like arrogance and pride. They're bad at being good, and they may suffer from an even worse malady, being bad at being wrong. They can be like a snowball for professionals with astronomical IQs and world-class expertise. The more they're right, the worse they get at being wrong. And being human, they sometimes really are wrong. So there can be a kind of professional curse to being really good at something, especially when it comes to leadership and professions generally considered highly skilled. The curse isn't brought on by traumatizing a doll or releasing an ancient flying reptile from the Earth's crust. Instead, it's the result of unchecked arrogance and a special kind of professional hubris that oozes from people who have grown too accustomed to being right all or nearly all the time. Those with strings of letters after their names are especially susceptible to the curse. You might even call it the curse of expertise. The curse of expertise a cognitive bias that occurs when an individual assumes they have the background knowledge to understand every aspect of an endeavor solely themselves, henceforth referred to simply as the curse. The curse breaks down like this. The more expert a person is in their professional life, the better they get at finding answers. The better they get at finding answers, the more susceptible they become to refusing answers from others, even though others may, at times, have better answers. The curse is common in professions that require a lot of skill, education, and training. In medicine, for example, it's all too common, especially as medical professionals move up their specialty chain. Of course, every physician isn't cursed. Some, perhaps most, are true scientists who display genuine openness and perpetual curiosity about their field. However, there are a significant number of physicians who are cursed. The more expert they become, the more likely the curse will blind them to new ideas and different approaches. And the curse certainly isn't confined to health care. Politicians are notoriously bad at being wrong, and American business has a recent history rich with some pretty dramatic examples. The curse was strong in Billy McFarland, as his fire festival burned down around him, pun intended. And Elizabeth Holmes was Hope Diamond cursed as Theranos bled out, see what I did there, leaving a $10 billion company worthless overnight. If you watched the documentaries on these two spectacular fails, your jaw likely went slack with disbelief at how smart people like these two entrepreneurs could err so badly. 
continuing to swing wildly at the fences with everything they had and everything they could squeeze from other unfortunates also near Grand Zero, while all the signs of failure appeared directly in front of them in spectacular clarity, and early enough to have precluded meltdown. How could they lose their grips on reality in such an epic way? Well, it's the curse. Fortunately, there are warning signs. If you find yourself with one of these symptoms, you may be succumbing to the curse. First, defending a wrong answer, especially by embellishing, adding conditions, or giving excuses as to why the wrong answer, well, isn't really wrong. This symptomatic behavior yields some other maladies too, workplace toxicity, breakdown of trust, motivation collapse, etc. It's genuinely disingenuous, and your team can see through it like cellophane wrap. Or refusing to explore a perspective other than your own that might have merit for fear that it might have merit. In fact, the most damage done by the curse is not just insisting on being right all the time. It's the discounting of new perspectives that might have expanded the knowledge base of a field or specialty. Okay, so I'm cursed. How do I get rid of the thing? Simple, just not easy. The curse can be lifted, but it's risky, at least personally, and means learning some new skills. First, get over yourself. Even if you're almost always the smartest guy in the room, you know your limitations. Admit it, first to yourself, then to others close to you. If you've kept them at arm's length with the 10-foot pole of pretense, they'll respond with fresh hope to your apparent new candor and honesty. If you struggle with this and have been with someone for more than 10 years as your significant other, they know. Ask them. When it comes to inspiring others and building a strong team, humility trumps hubris every time. After you're thoroughly over yourself, embrace and intentionally practice a mindset of growth and curiosity. Commit to growing your curiosity, humility, and openness to a point that will rival your professional expertise. Delight in bringing others to the table and sponsoring their success. For someone who's been under the spell of the curse for a while, It'll be a process requiring some time and effort. At Simple Leadership Strategies, we shaped our transformational leader manager experience to affect lasting change by starting with a simple attitude about shortcomings. Admit, commit, and never quit. Whether you subscribe to our program, choose another one, or hire a coach to help you with the metamorphosis, the key to lasting change is a drive toward accountability and commitment. You'll love the results, though. There's huge satisfaction in learning to explore, understand, and maybe even adopt a different answer than the one you already know so well. Besides, discovering and becoming an early adopter in a new process or treatment makes you stronger, more agile and visionary than stodgy colleagues who still carry the curse. Ridding yourself of the curse doesn't mean losing confidence either. Quite the opposite. In fact, the curse prevents people from respecting you. Lose it, and you'll begin to build the trust that's eluded you up until now. Ready to lift the curse? Reach out for the help you need to be good at being good, and when the situation inevitably arises, be exceptionally good at being wrong. One more shout out to my colleague Ryan Maney, who co-authored this piece with me. You can find out more about Ryan at simpleleadershipstrategies.com or at his website for his company, Sales Transformations, at ryanmaney.com. Thanks for listening in to this episode of Simple Just Not Easy, the podcast from Simple Leadership Strategies. 
Remember to subscribe or follow this podcast and ring that bell for notifications so you don't miss the next episode. I'm SLS CEO T.D. Smyers, and I hope you'll visit our website at simpleleadershipstrategies.com and take a look at how our transformational leader manager experience or leadership coaching could help you or your organization. Bye for now.